Blog Talk Radio. Doug and Jackie Christie hanging out at our favorite place to be on a Saturday at 5 p.m. And today we are discussing the growing teen crisis in America. They are facing a harsher reality with all the drugs, sex, violence, and so on that they are being force-fed. Communication is much greater nowadays as well via the Internet, the media, television, phones, etc. So there's no place to just relax and think and, you know, just figure this whole thing out. Not to mention the issues that teens already face with puberty, dating, to school and fitting in, as well as peer group pressure. It's just really, really, really changed from when we were in school. I would say that I feel that it is very, very, I'm not sure if you guys are able to hear my husband. It sounds like we're um, having a little bit of a technical difficulty, but in case you're not, um, we're speaking about schools and how much worse they are getting for education and safety, and I, I think that it's just, it's out of hand. It's to the point where we don't even want our children in school, um, let alone, uh, you know, encouraging other children to, to be involved in that violent stuff. I do think they are making changes, though, nowadays and getting, like, security measures in place, and they have metal detectors and so on. But I think it starts at home. It starts in the home place with parents talking with their children, finding out what their children are thinking and doing, and making sure that if they are seeing signs of um, suicidal behavior or behavior that they're not being treated fairly and things like that, something needs to be done. Alarm bells need to be ringing. Oh, I must. I, I definitely agree with that in, in every 
which way and form. Um, we also have teen pregnancy, honey, and the fact that kids are getting pregnant younger and younger. They did a special on CNN and different things where children was actually, you know, emulating what they saw on TV and trying to be in little pregnancy clubs. And the, the younger they could be to have a baby and how amazing that was, not only is it a huge responsibility with bringing a new child into the world, it also is very hard on the body when it's that young and they're just going through puberty. They're not even fully developed, and they're trying to put that kind of stress to, to carrying a child. I mean, that is just un- unbelievable, isn't it? That's right. I, I must agree 100%. And I want to ask you, honey, can you hear me clearly? Because right now I can't hear you. So can you hear me on the air? Okay. So hopefully everybody out there can hear my husband. We're sharing and talking with you in a real deep conversation about teens and issues that they're facing. You can join us anytime by calling 347-215-8305. We're joining our chat room throughout the entire show, and um, we're moving right along. And I think we have some, you know, a topic next that's really important. Oh, I would have to agree 100%. HIV and AIDS is, um, if not the number one killer, it should be. It is an epidemic that's huge. It's, it's hitting the teen age groups really, really hard, the African-American community really, really hard. But just talking about teens in general, first and foremost, they're out there doing things uneducated. Some of them that are educated are ignoring the true facts and the warning signs and the fact that this is a killer and this is going to change your life permanently. There's no cure for it. Um, it's very, very bad. It, it, it's, just, it's the worst. It's a death sentence. And, you know, to contract it knowingly and just ignoring the fact that if you protect yourself, if you use safe sex or don't, you know, abstain from it until you're married or until you're 18 or 19 or 20 and you're older and old enough and considered an adult in the United States to make your make a good decision, that's the only time you should engage in having sex in the first place. But not to be parents here and not to tell people what to do, it is a strong, strong, strong um, word of advice that, you know, HIV and AIDS is very prevalent in the teen community, and if they start protecting themselves and watching out, they can stop the spread. hmm
No, you totally cannot. And, honey, you know the economy. What about that? The rise in prices, how are they even going to go to college, let alone, you know, learn about the things they need to learn about in high school and middle school? College is, is almost out of reach nowadays. Most definitely, and I, I really feel like that, you know, if they if they don't start doing something now, if they don't get into these communities, if they don't get into the schools, the colleges are going to, you know, end up having to turn a lot of them away as well because financial aid and stuff is going to soon be at a low, too. Oh, my goodness, honey, you're right. You hit that one on the head. Obesity in America, they said, is already higher than anywhere. Europe doesn't have that, but I heard they cook with lighter oils and they, they make the foods lighter and they don't have a lot of the stuff that we have, um, a lot of the saturated fats and so on. And then the people are probably a little more active. I'm not sure, but that's the thing. That's the only thing I can attribute to it. So obesity is at a huge um, rate as well, and kids are not doing as much as they used to do. Um, they're doing more things like, you know, kind of hanging out in groups, sitting around, eating pizza, doing things like that and you know it's funny because we have a teenage daughter and what did she call her party it was a kickback yeah. <laughs> so that's that's more what they're doing huh
Oh, I would have to agree 100%. I also feel like teen suicide. I mean, what are we going to do about that? That is just, I mean, it's at an all-time high. Well, I think uh, in a lot of ways, teens don't have a lot to look forward to. are having to face, and the fact that suicide is uh, coming at an alarming rate for teens is something that's not only going to affect us here, but ultimately it's going to affect the, the younger children, too, because they're seeing their siblings doing these things, they're seeing kids at school doing these things, and it, it's not something that is very encouraging for them, not to mention like I said, what is being shown on television, kind of desensitizing the youth so that they're feeling like, hey, I can try this or I can do that, and all of a sudden bad, bad things are happening. Oh, my goodness, and you're right, honey. And didn't they say that now kids, some of them are doing copycat, you know, suicides where they just get a problem and they're not even trying to problem solve anymore. They're not able to go to their parents because they said now parents are in the workplace at an alarming rate more, trying to keep up with the inflation, trying to have two and three jobs so they don't have time for the kids as maybe back in the day, you know, where, where parents was at home more. So they're just going out and saying, you know what, I'm just going to end it all. And they're jumping off bridges and not taking this not realizing the impact it's going to have on the people left behind and the fact that they're going to be leaving this earth forever. You, you know, baby, that is a perfect point. It takes me into my next question is how do we as parents help them navigate these troubled times, like talking about your suicide and all that stuff? What, what do you think that as parents, what do we do and say, hey, let me pull you aside, or how do we attack this problem? I would definitely have to say start by having you know communication with them. That's big in our house, honey. My husband and I, we, we take the time to sit down and really talk with our kids. And, you know, starting out, first of all, I'll say me being a mom of, of daughters, when I talk to my 14-year-old, it's funny because I'll ask her things about boys, and she used to be really shy. And, Mom, don't. And what are you asking me that for? And I, no, no, no. And she did, you know, she danced around it like I did with even with I did with my mom. Well, now after you do that four or five times and they get comfortable and they they can trust you and you're not going to judge them, they'll open up even more. And now it's, oh, well, he's cute, or, oh, I'd like to go to the movies with him. And it is such a great feeling to know that my child trusts me enough to be able to talk to me openly about something that usually kids are shy and they hide from. That's not to say that that's the same thing that kids that's on drugs would do with their parents. You have to try to reach them some kind of way by, you know, not just befriending them, but also understanding them when they tell you something, don't just jump all over them, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that is... You jumped on it and were right on top of it, communication, talking. And I, I really think that a, a lot of uh, parents take the, the standpoint of I'm a parent. And I think you have to walk that fine line of being a friend and being a parent. Because if you just stay on the parent side of things, I think a lot of stuff is going to get hidden from you. And my wife is, is totally correct, the fact that our daughter trusts her enough to talk to her. And that opens up the door for conversation. And while we're at school, we can sit and we can conversate about real-life stuff that we see on the news and we see that's going on and why these things are happening, or at least our view of why these things are happening. And it just spawns communication that is not only is it good for the teen, 
themselves, but it's also just good for the relationship because it shows, like my wife said, that, hey, you can trust me. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about, and that's the type of trust that I really think ultimately helps a teen in a big way. Oh, and I, I definitely agree as well, and I see the lines are people are calling in. You can jump right in the conversation if you want while we're, we're discussing this. This is important issues, and all the parents out there that have kids, please, um, you know, sit down and talk with them. You know, when I say my daughter talks to me, she the other good, great thing about it is she also talks to her dad. Having a mom and a dad in the family gives kids you know, structure. It gives them a sense of security. It gives them protection. It also gives them the feeling that I have two people that I can go to and then to have the grandmother involved in their life. So as many, you know, people out there that you can get involved, family members, close friends of the family that you trust, to, to reach out to the child and be that friend, be that uh, companion, be that person that they can talk to if they feel they're too shy to speak to you about it. It's just other ways to, to help curb the suicide rate, to also help the kids feel like they have somewhere they can go. Yeah, baby, you know the old adage, it takes a village to raise a child, I think pops right in there with what you're saying because uh, it's just not one person. There's so many different viewpoints, and the more that you have people who the child respects around, like grandma, mom, dad, obviously those it's a perfect situation because then the communication opens up from a bunch of different layers, and it, it just makes it so, so much more better. But talking and communicating and really trying to walk that fine line again of being a friend and being a parent, it's a difficult thing to do, but it, I would say that it is so, so much worth it because the conversations that you're able to have last, not just for that second, but they last a lifetime. And a, a lot of the times, wouldn't you say, baby, that – uh, looking at your child or your teen, they copy you. They may not want to say that that's what they're doing, but you are the first person that they see as a female. I know that my daughter is looking to my wife, and as a male, uh, my son is looking at me, and these are the things that we see on a day-to-day. Oh, most definitely. And I have a question for you. What about those parents out there that's trying to, as we say, quote, unquote, be the Joneses or live like the Joneses? That's another thing that can hurt the the relationship with the child and make the child feel like, you know, my parents are, you know, weird or they're different. And my other friend's parents are better. They do things with them. They have fun, blah, blah, blah. What do you say, you know, for those parents that's listening right now and want to know how to connect with their kids? Well, I obviously communicating with them maybe it's maybe it's uh weekly meetings or something like that and it doesn't have to be so structured where it's a meet, week, weekly meeting but you sit down and you just you know talk about whatever comes to the plate or whatever's going on around the household but i agree with you if you're trying to be the joneses or you're trying to live up to that your kids uh can see all that. They're, they're smarter than ever before because of all the communication and the Internet and different things that are out there now. So they're able to read situations. But peer pressure, I think, adds into a lot of that, like you said, baby, because if, if they're looking at their buddy and they're saying, oh, my parents are, or your parents are cooler than mine and this type of thing, it, it might not be that your parents are quote-unquote cool, but my parents are understanding, they love me, and they respect me, and that's the type of relationship that you really want to foster and try to build. And I would have to agree with that 100%. What about, you know, what are some of the options for kids that's dropping out of school nowadays? Is it a 9 to 5, the armed forces? What options do they have? 
Well, obviously nine to five, but when you look at the statistics of kids who drop out of school and try to get a nine to five compared to kids who even go to community college, the pay is almost double. And there are so many people that are losing their jobs that are more qualified than a high school kid who dropped out of college. It's making it so much harder for them to get a job. So then you look at the armed forces. Well, obviously we're in war and all these things. So that is something that is, is definitely something that they can do. Or you can also look to an entrepreneurship where you start your own business or you figure out something because uh, I think we've seen with uh, Facebook and a lot of these different Internet companies that these were younger kids who, you know, worked on something, believed in it, and all of a sudden made, you know, huge money because they believed in it and made it happen. So I, I would say obviously uh, 9 to 5 be an entrepreneur, you have your armed forces, but uh, staying in school and getting your education I think is the best way for, for a teen to go, not just from the educational standpoint, honey, but also from being able to get life experiences around other people and dealing with, like you said, problem solving and those type of things. And I would have to agree 100%. As we told you guys earlier, we were having some technical difficulties, but we are online together, as you can hear. My husband has now joined me. And if you did miss any parts of the show, we'll repeat this show in a couple of weeks, and then um, you'll be able to catch it all. And we're going to move right into Hot Topics. And we got Lisa Leslie. This will be her last Olympics, she announced. She said that she has already won three gold medals, and she wants to win this fourth one, and then she wants to go out on top as she has a one-year-old daughter, and she thinks that this would be a good time to end it. What do you think about that, babe? Uh, I think that is fantastic. It's an incredible feat in and of itself to be able to actually win three gold medals because the mm -hmm. Olympics happens every four years, so that's 12. Now she's going for four. I mean, it, that's a big thing, and I think going out on top, there's a lot to be said about that, but the world stage is something that's even, even bigger. So uh, good luck, and we'll see how that, that goes with Lisa Leslie, babe. Uh, Chris Rock, how about him? He is returning to HBO this fall with a new special. You, Chris Rock fan, babe? Yeah, I think that's fabulous. They said he's returning to his roots and that he was going to go back on stage and do live comedy, which I think that's where he was strongest at anyway. I mean, you know, he's done some great movies and stuff, but I think his comedy is, is really something that's missed, and it'll be fun to, to check him out and see what he's doing up there. Yeah, you know, Chris, uh, he looks like kind of improv, like he'll look out into the audience, you know, and pick something. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to tune in and check that one out and let you guys know what's happening in the land of comedy pretty soon here. Oh, most definitely. And then we got teens charged in a fatal immigrant beating. Now, that's a sad situation. They said three teens beat a Mexican uh, person that moved to the U.S., and they are now charged with murder. He did not make it. So it was a fatal beating. And we're seeing that more and more. And this show is basically about teens and the crisis that they're facing. So that's another thing that, honey, we definitely need to come and talk about in the show later on today. Yeah, I mean, when you said that, teens, because, you know, they're probably seeing a lot of stuff that they see on TV and different stuff, and just the the disrespect for human life and not understanding, and I think that comes with the educational process and talking to your family, and then not getting involved with peer pressure, because it says teens, so that's more than one, you know, you get around each other, and all of a sudden, you, you do something bad that changes the, the course of your whole life. Oh, uh, definitely. What about, babe, 29 killed 
as a blast hits western India. At least 29 people die and 88 are wounded in a series of bombings in western Indian city of Ahmabad. Government officials say the attacks come a day after multiple blasts shook Bangalore, killing two people, babe. And I just think that's just totally just outrageous. All of this nonsense, this violence and killing, and we can all just be having fun and having some Hennessy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just Uh-oh. kidding. No, we could all just be relaxed. And I don't know what the situation is with that, but anytime I see that sort of stuff and people dying, I just really don't feel good about that. So hopefully they can get that under control. I know uh, it's now moving over into India, right? This wasn't a situation where we had problems before or they had problems before. No, I, I, a lot of tech stuff is heading towards India. I know that, but you, you don't hear about that one as much as you know some of the other, other Middle Eastern uh, places. But that it, it's just so unfortunate. I mean, 29 people now lose their life. That affects you know another couple hundred people. 88 are wounded. It, it just it goes on and on and on. So at some point we gotta gotta reel it in, babe. Oh, most definitely, and I can't wait for this segment we're going to do on the military, on just everything, you know, war, peace, all that. So we will definitely save this for that, and we'll talk about it again. In our last part of our Hot Topics, we have Halle Berry. She is very upset about the paparazzi climbing over a fence and sneaking and taking pictures of her and her mother and her new baby, Nalia, her four-month-old baby. And the pictures weren't very flattering, but, you know, we all just be chilling when we're lounging at home. And so they got these pictures and posted them on the Internet, and they sold them to some big tabloids. And now she's got an attorney, and now she's, you know, suing, and she wants the person prosecuted and put in jail. And so they're investigating. It's going to be pretty hard probably to find what paparazzi, because they have confidentiality rules in California when they sell those photographs. They can't really, I don't think they can tell who did it. I think once that agreement signs, it goes confidential. I'm not sure, but if they do tell, those people are going to get in a lot of trouble because she is an Oscar winner. They give her a lot of respect, and she's upset about it. She said it puts her daughter in danger and that she would never sell her photographs to any magazine, and when she was approached for it, she turned them down. So I don't know if that was a direct hit against Angelina and Brad and different people like that that have sold their photos. I guess uh, Brad and Angelina got $15 million or something for really? their twins a couple weeks ago, and they say that the money will go to charity. So I guess if there's a good made out of something like that, then that's great. Um, personally, um, that would be a, a personal decision. So if he did do it or they did do it, it's wrong. What do you think? I, I'm curious about what do you think. You know, if you're at home, obviously the paparazzi, usually right. that's what you see when you're out someplace and all of a sudden they catch, you know, coming out of a car <laughs> or coming out of a shopping or that right. sort of thing. What do you feel about the paparazzi kind of coming around your home, maybe climbing on ladders, different things, and getting shots of you? Is that just taking it way, way too far, or what do you think? Um, personally, I think that, you know how I am, I like extreme privacy. So they would, if they could do all that and they went to those extremes and they didn't hurt anybody and they didn't take a picture of the address and ways to get in, like the gate location and that kind of stuff, then I probably wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter too much. And if people, like, are judging, because they're judging her on the photographs, saying, oh, she still looks pregnant and, oh, she looks ugly and all this kind of mean stuff, that's, it's just all trivial silliness that they're trying to look for something. So I would say that I wouldn't be too upset, I don't think. It just would depend. Now, if they took pictures of just the kids, then I'm alarmed because then it's like, oh, well, are you really paparazzi or are you some stalker or some kidnapper or something right. like that? But if they're just taking pictures, trying to get pictures of you, and they're like, oh, Doug Christie's in the yard chilling, that's different. You're a public figure. You knew that going in. 
vice versa, same with me, same with, you know, Shannon and just different people in our family and our friends and stuff. So, yeah, I'd probably be okay with it. I don't think I'd sue them. Yeah, because don't you think that the paparazzi, obviously, in this whole, you know, mm-hmm. media blitz and glamour and all that, the paparazzi kind of have the place. I mean, I, I think so, because that's what people do. They want to read the tabloids and, you know, see what's happening with the quote-unquote stars and different stuff like that. So that's a touchy one, because they do, like I said, I think, have their place out there. But where do you draw the line at? Yeah, where do you? And these stars want to be, you know, they want to be celebrities, right? They want to be stars. That's what makes them, um, makes everyone want to pay them so much money to do movies and so on because they're in demand, so therefore their value goes up. So the paparazzi, if they're putting you on a red carpet and you're looking all glamorous and you're just stunning and they're shooting all these great pictures and then you end up on the cover or something of a magazine, your career can soar. So I think that they're taking a hit unnecessarily, and I think some of the paparazzi getting overzealous at clubs in L.A. and stuff. I mean, you go into these popular clubs because you know that the paparazzi hang out outside and they're standing there. It's about 20 of them, and they are snapping away as soon as you see Paris Hilton or somebody get out of the car. So you're going in there making the choice that when I come out, I'm probably going to be photographed. There's no need to run up and punch the photographer. One of these photographers one day is going to hurt someone because they're going to fight back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that it, there's a fine line, but at the same time, you really have to allow the paparazzi to take pictures and more or less have fun with it. Now, if you're feeling bad and you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, they get a <laughs> shot of you, and you're like, oh, my God, what is happening? You know, well, then that's now you, that's a personal thing because they're, you know, doing their job, and this is what they're paid for, so you kind of got to have fun with it both ways, I, I, I think. But um I haven't seen myself in Us Magazine, so I'm not sure, babe. Oh, definitely. And see, that's when the person says, uh-oh, well, um, I think I want to sue. $50 million. <laughs> but, you know, we just, it, it, it's so exciting. And I just want to go back um, one more time about the show that we are covering. I know that we weren't both um, in sync earlier, so I really hope my husband has some very, very, very extremely important and valid points that he was touching on in the first segment. And I, I know I can hear our phone clearly from my end, but I'm not sure if, if you guys caught all of what he said. And, again, we're, we're going to have to repeat the show um, for you guys to catch it all here pretty soon. But we'll, we'll save that for maybe a Sunday or something in the coming weeks to um, go ahead and let you guys uh, catch it again. And then we'll move right into fashion and beauty. And before we do that, there's something that we like to do. We like to get your mind kind of going on what we're about to talk about. So I'm going to do a little intro song and then we're going to go right in. So. And in fashion and beauty, we have hair trims. They are a must for healthy growing hair no matter what your race is. Um, I've been a person that liked to wear my hair short for a long, long, long time. I thought it was really cute and becoming, and it was very contouring and stuff like that, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're so cute, your hair is so cute. And I decided recently to grow it out, and I'm doing that, and I get it trimmed every few weeks, and it is just growing like weeds, and I love it. And so I just want to say a tip to the girls because I get a lot of people, oh, my God, you know, your hair is just different, and how do you get it like that, and blah, blah, blah. What do I do? And that's one tip that I have this week, and that's you have to get trims regularly. 
What, what do you do like for me? What 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 do I do? Because I'm bald, so you just <laughs> shave it, no trim. What? Shave it and have a bald head. That's all. <laughs> for for the guys out there, if you have your problems with your hair, don't try to grow it out. Shave it off. I was totally against my husband shaving his hair years ago, and he said, let's just try it. If you don't like it, we'll figure out something. I'll wear a wig or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. And he wow. shaved it. No, I'm just joking. And he would never do that. And he shaved it off, and it was gorgeous, and I liked it. It took me like three days to get used to it, though, because I was so used to him having hair. And now I just, I think it's great. And, and I think that um, that's, what, that's what they should do. The shave, that's my trim. But, okay, today I've got vests. Now, you can wear a vest with no coat, or you can dress it up with a coat. It, it's up to you. But vests are very versatile. They come longer vests, shorter vests, which is just above the belt. You can get them in leather, crushed velvet, whatever you want. Nice look. Wear it with a T-shirt. Wear it with a dress shirt. Wear it with jeans. Wear it however you want. A vest is something that you have to have in your wardrobe because uh, it gives you that extra little splash of style. What do you think? Oh, about? most definitely. <laughs> I would say yes. I like your suede one that you have. Not suede, your um, crushed velvet one that you have. Mm-hmm. It just, you can put it with anything. You can put it with jeans and a T-shirt. You can put it with jeans and a dress shirt. You can put it, you know, with a suit. A lot of um, men wear vests with suits. I think that that is a classy way to do it, too. Mm-hmm. Dresses. Then we have facials, and I would recommend a regular facial, which is a small facial. It's just a basic one. Whether you have sensitive skin or not, you should get one once a month, and it just cleans out your pores and, and really helps your skin stay looking healthy and vibrant. So that's my other tip. Get facials, you guys. Definitely. Now, what about, uh, I've got driving shoes. Now, people say driving shoes. What is that? I think it was spawned from race car drivers. Something that's real tight to your foot, but it's really comfortable. More of a loafer, uh, kind of a moccasin. You can tie it up. You can slip it on. They come in leather, suede, a lot of exotic skins. Uh, wear them with just about anything comfortable. Color-wise, you can find anything out there, but just a, a very, very comfortable shoe. Wore one yesterday with my wife just walking around and totally enjoyed myself. So get yourself some driving shoes. And they could be any brand. They don't have to be, you know, expensive or nothing like that. You can go and get them pretty much anywhere. Just make sure that that's, that's the style that they are and you'll find them comfortable. Next, I have sexy sweats. And when I say that, I'm just saying they can be loose. Girls, you can wear loose baggy sweats. And my husband's tall, so I can't really fit his. But So I go out and I get them, and I love the kind from The Gap. Or you can get them from, like, your favorite college. Even if you've never been to that college, you can always go online and order them. They're, like, 40 bucks or something, 60 bucks, And you can just get a couple pairs, extra large or large or whatever, so they're really baggy you know, and big, and then you just put them on the lounge at home. So that's my last tip for fashion and beauty. I, I totally got one more, and that is long sleeve thermals. Now, when I, I'm always usually talking versatile because I like to mix and match it up. But a long sleeve thermal is something that you can layer, dress it. You can wear it by your by itself. Uh, a lot of people think that this is something that's going to be super hot. It's really not. It's just more of your long sleeve shirt. The the thermal kind of gives it that little textured look to it. You can find it at at any sporting goods store. A lot of department stores are carrying them. Neiman's. Nordstrom's, all of those type of places now. So a long sleeve thermal, try it, layer dress it. They come in a lot of different colors, but a real sleek look at the same time. Oh, most definitely. And, uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, yes. And that right there lets everybody know that we are going to dibble and dabble in the world of sports. And whenever we're talking sports, we will be talking with the one and only Whistle. Whistle, are you out there in Blog Talk Ranch? I am here. The connection is very rough. I've got foil wrapped around my phone, so <laughs> a little bit for me, please. Uh, how, how you doing today? You hanging? Oh, everything's okay. Went out, shot a little golf today. Didn't do too bad. Didn't do too good. But uh, I had a gentleman. My gentleman swagger was uh, perfect. So I. Oh. There you go. Well. Talking to a little sports, we're going to start with the WNBA. And for those of you, those out there who might not have seen it, Wizzle, you can kind of inform them. L.A. Sparks and Detroit Shot get into a fight that really has put, I would say, the Palace of Auburn Hills into some historic, because now we've seen two of probably the worst fights of all time in sports as far as basketball goes. But uh, what do you think about their fight there, Wizzle? Well, uh, you know, I, I really think it's unfortunate, obviously, for women's basketball. On one hand, uh, you can flip that 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 same coin, and I, I think it really shows the people um, just how competitive it is. Um, um, it doesn't matter male or female, whatever you're doing, and uh, and if there's other people working hard at it, uh, I think you're going to get a, a, a flared attitudes. And hey, don't forget, we're talking about a playground game, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, it's a a, a neighborhood game, and it, it, it's now a, a big time market game, and and it, and and that's some of the things that happened. D, I got a question for you. Okay. What did you think about the fight starting from the the, the, the way that uh, the girl ran up on her? Well, did it I, you something? Yeah, that that's totally you know <laughs> that was kind of you know that high school aggression type of a thing, and she kind of almost ran over her. And when you do that type of thing, you know it's going to escalate into a melee. And as soon as I saw it happen, I said, "Oh my God!" My wife said, "What? What? What's happening?" And I would tell you, it, it just busted out. And you, it's tough when you run up on somebody like that, Whistle. That you know something like that's going to break out. But then, in the same sense, you got. Rick Mahorn, quote-unquote, pushing Lisa Leslie. I mean, I, I don't know. What did you think about that situation? I just think uh, Rick was – I, I genuinely, genuinely believe that he was just trying to stop the fight. Um, why he mm-hmm. chose Lisa Leslie to stop, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think he was intending to push anybody on the ground or, or anything like that. And I just think he's just a big guy, and uh, he's got a hell of a stiff arm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I didn't think that there was malicious in any way. It looked more like he's trying to just, you know, everybody get back, get back. And as strong as he is, maybe she was off balance or whatever. And, th- and there you have it. So hopefully that doesn't turn into anything crazy. But it's kind of funny that you had Rick Mahorn out there. You had Michael Cooper out there. And these are two guys that the Lakers and Detroit went at it. And now you got the Sparks and the Shot going at it. And what about Carl Malone's daughter? This was probably the most unfortunate. Fortunate thing that happened was trying to break the fight up, and they kind of pinpointed on TV so that you could see it. And all of a sudden, her knee just gave out, and she's done. Maybe career, or maybe the season. Don't know yet. Um, it was definitely sad um, to see somebody uh, during a, a fluke type of accident. Um, obviously, she was in some pain. I think that she had she's had some knee problems before. So uh, obviously, from the look on her face, she was. I think that she knew 
immediately what had happened. And what I really, really thought was sad about it was the fact that she's had a lot of uh, a history of, of knee problems on her left knee. And in that instance, you'll notice that she's grabbing a knee that's not wearing a knee brace. So uh, it's a sad situation, and, um, and it looks like she's in for a lot of reconstructive surgery. Oh, man. That, well, we're going to have to keep an eye on the WNBA as it winds down. As we can see to the fans out there, it is getting a lot more physical, a lot more competitive because it is getting down to the wire. So definitely pay attention. Now, a little bit of NFL football, Whistle. We're not going to particularly, like we did last team, uh, last week, pick one team, but the New Orleans Saints get Jeremy Shockey. Uh, would you say virtually for nothing? Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but I really believe that New York is going to take a hit. Um, it's great, obviously, for New Orleans, and it's a, a team that's rebuilding, and they've got a lot of talent. Um, so uh, I, I'm sure Jeremy's happy, and, and the Giants obviously are happy, too, because they didn't need him. So um, they obviously worked for everyone. You, you know, when when you think about Jeremy Shockey, obviously the Giants win a Super Bowl, and they win it without him. I don't think that they probably would have got there because he put in his work last year, and the guy who came in played great for him. But does even more than help in New Orleans' passing game, I think personally he helps their running game because these are where, where you can you can fake. All of a sudden you get your tight end who's now reliable. He's coming across the middle. You're hitting him on all these different things. And now when you go and you hand the ball off to a Reggie Bush, he's able to you know get out in the open field. Maybe you throw it out to him in the flat, and he's able to make some things happen. So does Jeremy help the passing game more or the running game more? Well, I... I... I, you know, I, I do believe that's the way football works. You got to, uh, there's only 11 people on the field, and so wherever the talent lies, it could be in the air or on the ground, be it uh, you got a LaDainian Tomlinson type of player, or if you have Randy Moss, um, obviously you've got to start respecting something, um, you know, in, in regards to a team. I personally think that he's going to really, really help out their passing game. I think that Drew Brees uh, will really, really take advantage of him. He's a sure, a sure, a sure catch, pretty much kind of type of guy. He's a he's a big guy, but he pretty much plays like a wide receiver. And I think that he's going to be great for possessions. And and ultimately, you're right. That will loosen up things for Reggie, and we should see a, a little bit more. Uh, he'll he'll have a little bit more room to operate, and I think that'll ultimately be good for him. You'll be, get to to see him return to somewhat of his college form. Now, does this take New Orleans into the playoff pitcher? I mean, is Jeremy that type of player? Does he just open the uh, the offensive end of things up just enough that, that is going to get them back? I mean, obviously a year ago they were in the playoffs, not last year, the year before, but last year they missed out, you know, for whatever reasons. Do they make it back this year? Well, I think it definitely they have a great chance. Um, they had a, a terrible start to their season last year, which was and, – and, and it's – you know, maybe in a little bit of Katrina or or, or the, those type of things, and the, uh, the morale is down. But um, they they are rebuilding. Uh, they've got uh, they pretty much tooled in on defense. Uh, seems like a lot of players that are getting free. If you've been paying attention to the uh, to the NFL lines and and the, and the web, are have been going to uh, New Orleans. So obviously, it's a it's a franchise where they're treating people right, and and uh, and it's a, a good place to work. So um, I, you know, I wish them a lot of luck, and obviously, I want them to succeed. 
Yes, I think we're going to have to watch out for the Saints this year. Could could be a surprise team, so we'll, we'll keep our eyes out for them. Now, moving to, to Brett Favre. Now, you know, he has not uh, filled out his uh, reenlistment papers yet. I don't know if this is a big deal. wanted to get your, your comments on that. But they say he's looking at the Vikings or the Bucks, And uh, Bucks, I mean, in Tampa Bay. Uh, what do you think about the whole Favre situation? Well, first of all, I think that it's sad. Um just the the miscommunication between the parties. Um, it's always sad when you when you have people and they've been, you know, he's been in one franchise and and management has been the only thing that's been changing. Uh, obviously, since Brett's tenure in Green Bay, and there's been a lot of things that maybe haven't been uh, running as smooth as can, as could be as far as the lines of communication and and uh Brett seems to be upset about a lot of things that he's never talked about and 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 now they're coming out and so obviously there's another lesson to be learned is that once you're upset about something maybe you say something in because uh that problem uh ant problem turns into an ant hill so uh you know maybe he should have talked to them uh talked to him talked more about what he was going to do but i do believe that ultimately green bay uh i think it hurts them i think that uh, a lot of players um don't believe in loyalty it's in terms of the uh, being with a team and and it's a that the players have been treated in the past you look back Jerry Rice Joe Montana any anyone you pick the best players have been traded and 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 it's kind of rare for someone to stay there so i would look for green bay to maybe take care of them a little bit but you know they they got a mess they definitely have a mess out there so do you think that ultimately he comes back this year well, um, uh, he, he had made a comment that he plans to, to show up in practice or, or in camp. So, um, And then at the same time, their, court, their head coach said that Aaron Rodgers is their starting quarterback. So, you know, and then, that, again, that's the right thing to do if you want to play, show up in camp. And he could have uh, maybe not made as big of a fuss about it just by just going into camp and, and winning your job back, if that's the case, if that's what you need to do. But um, I do think that they have a lot of problems going on because, Ultimately, if you're going to let him go and a player like Brett Favre, you can definitely stick a hook in him and get some good things for your team. So uh, uh, I think that they, they pretty much blundered this one. We'll see what happens. Now, now, Wizzle, I, I don't know. You, you tell me. Now, this next gentleman, I, I'm saying that he is probably the biggest weapon in the game, and it, it would be hard-pressed to, to find another one. But uh, Chicago, Devin Hester is officially a holdout, and the Bears are going to fine him $15,000 a day because he wants to renegotiate his contract. Now, what do you think about Devin Hester, obviously as a football player, but also the financial situation and what's going on? Well, first and foremost, I wouldn't want to be the team management. Uh, you look at the situation, they just, you know, honestly. You look at all the things you got to juggle. There's obviously, obviously, all these uh, uh, these egos that need to be stroked. Uh, you've got Lance Briggs, he's their franchise tag player. You just restructured uh, Brian Erlacher's contract uh, and up his, 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 his signing bonus. And you've only got so much money to work with. The whole time you have Devin Hester under con- under contract, he's only getting four hundred fifty thousand dollars for the next two seasons. And we're talking about the best. Listen, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the best kick returner of all time. He's a living legend right now. In two years, he's amassed 11 returns. Woo! Uh, 
interested in it, and uh, he's, he's, he needs to be rewarded. And, uh, and, and again, that's why my, my loyalty lies with the players and, and not the management and, and the people who play the salaries because you work your butt off to do what you can do and, and to be special and to be in that, that position to where you could shine in the light. Not a lot of people can shine when the light is on them. Obviously he can, and you, you would think you would be compensated for working your tail off to get to that position to where you could, you know, give the team something special. And obviously uh, it, it is a selling point. I'm sure there's a lot of fans going just to see him. Um, Again, it's it's a management problem. It's something that can easily be taken care of just by, you know, you pat, you pat the guy on the back and maybe you give him a little bonus and you keep it out the papers and, and that way your team isn't under scrutiny as far as being a, a, a team that's tight or a team that doesn't take care of its players. You know what I mean? So it's a management problem, and it's a shame because he is a one special talent. You know, looking at it, I haven't seen, and I'm always watching sports, but I haven't seen them fine anybody. That is absorbent. And if we're talking $450,000 for a year, if he's getting fined 15k a day, I don't. Is maybe is there something bigger here that they're really trying to get him back? But if you make Lance Briggs and you got Brian Urlacher and you're making sure that you're handling that, when you have a weapon as big as that, because that's what that is. That he he is a weapon. Also. He can play uh, the, the other the other side of the ball because he's also a wide receiver now. Uh, I definitely think that he has to get paid, but uh, 15k a day I think is a bit absorbent, wouldn't you say? Well, um, if that was within the confines of the rules, as obviously so it's not dirty. Uh, in, in terms of what management is doing, uh, I'm sure it's a figure that uh, was in all the contracts and everything that he signed as a Chicago Bears employee. Ladies and gentlemen, employee, you're still at a job. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what goes down. Um, hopefully he'll figure his situation out because, like you said, 15K, a few days later, that cuts into 450 pretty quick. Hey, Wiz, we, if you miss next week, we're going to find you 20K. We we appreciate you again every week coming, joining us, giving us your insight into sports. Stay out of the hot sun if you're in the hot sun. Relax. Kick your feet back. And until next week, same time, same station, in 20K if you miss us. That's right, baby. <laughs> and moving right along into our love and romance. This is one of our favorite segments here, huh, baby? This is actually, I would say, probably my top. I enjoy the questions that people send to us. I enjoy kicking back and talking with you at the same time. So can I, can I do question number one? You sure can. Okay. Jackie and Doug, what is the most romantic thing you've done for each other before you guys were married? Ooh. Um. Come with it. I think I would have to say the most romantic thing that I've done for my husband would be sending him a love box. And when I say a love box, he was in New York, and we weren't married yet, and I was in Seattle, and me and well, our baby was a little tiny infant at the time, but I put a box together of different things that I thought he would use. It was freezing cold there, I heard. So I just put a bunch of stuff in there, cards, books. Um, scarf so he could be warm around his neck, hats, leather gloves, you know, just different things, blankets, just, you know, I, I call that a love box, and I thought that was very romantic to send to him. What do you think, Tom? 
I would, and you're right, that was very romantic. <laughs> but I, I would say the, before we got married, the most romantic thing that we did was we went on a long walk. And when I say a long oh, yeah. walk, we walked for about an hour, it must have been. I mean, it, we were walking for a while. Yeah. We lost we lost track of time we was walking <laughs> so long. So I, I would have to say going on a long walk on, on a date is a very, very romantic thing. And I, I would have to agree with that. And then secondly, we have, give me one second here, we have a question for you, Mr. Kispi. Uh-oh. My girl likes to party, and I don't. Please tell me how to deal with this problem. He wants to know how he should deal with it because his girl likes to go out, and he doesn't. Uh-oh. Uh, get a new girl? No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh you know, that is something that you have to really more or less, I, I feel, babe, I, I think, and you can comment with me on this one, is that you have to talk about it. And this is where communication comes in, is saying this is something that I really, really like to do. So maybe you're saying, okay, well, since you like to do it, why don't we maybe go out every other weekend or once a week or something like that and you can kind of work it out together and maybe it's a different type of environment that you're going out to but you're still going out so you're maybe not in that big time party atmosphere if that's what they're talking about here okay okay i like that and then number and, and you know what that song right there it is all right with me baby anything you do is very much all right with me there it is now, this <laughs> one dc i've been with my girlfriend for three years is it too soon to propose? Now, I'm looking at that question, and I'm saying it's never, ever, never too soon never. to propose. I, I really think that you follow your heart on that. You know, a lot of times people can get caught up in infatuation and a lot of things, but follow your heart. I don't think it's it, it can really be too soon to propose. Oh, most definitely. And then number four, is it normal to feel uncomfortable because my partner is a flirt? And we got that from Lorianne in Minnesota. And I would definitely say it is very normal to feel that way. And the best thing to do, again, I will reiterate what my husband just said, and that is communicate. Talk about it, and hopefully he will respect um, your feelings about it and won't judge you and won't take it personal because I'm sure if you flirted, he wouldn't like it either. But if you guys um, talk about it, it can all be solved very simply. So, no, it is not abnormal to feel uncomfortable about it. No question about it. How about, here's one for you, baby. It says, Jackie, name three of your favorite love songs. Um, my three favorite love songs are, I would have to say Reunited by Peaches and Herb. I would say let's get it on, and that um, singer would be Marvin Gaye, correct, honey? Yes. And then I would say The Kiss of Life, and that would be from Sade. I think she has a lovely voice, and her songs are beautiful, but my favorite out of those three would have to be Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. I was singing it in kindergarten. I got told by my mom, if she catches me singing that song again, <laughs> it's cool. And the teachers call home and say she keeps singing this song. We don't know where she got it from, but she knows it from front to back. We're going to have to have you come up here. And my mom told me, I do not want you listening to my music. But see, back then, riding in the car with your parents, they got an eight-track player. They pop that in there, and I just keep saying, will you play that song again? And I'm back there just bobbing along and singing that song. That's my song. So, Let's get it on, definitely, now that I'm an adult and I have my husband. And, yeah, that's the song. You is some crazy <laughs> child. And then number six is, Doug, I fear losing my mate. What should I do? 
You, you know, it's funny, but that's a great question. And it, it's funny because two of these questions we talked about communication, and that this goes right into that one. If there's a fear of something, how do you deal with that fear? And I think that you, you have to kind of try to face it head on, and that would be to communicate, talk about it, and say these are the things that I'm feeling, and hopefully that you're, you're dealing with somebody who can communicate back to you and say, okay, well, this is how we can remedy that, or you have nothing to worry about, and I love you, and I'm not leaving. Because that's really what it sounds like in that question is uh, is reassurance, some type of communication to let 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 the person know that I'm not losing you or you're not losing me, babe. What, what, what do you think? I agree with you 1,000%, honey. I couldn't have said it better. It just sounds like it is definitely an issue of reassurance. Just please reassure your mate and let them know that you do love them and that you're there for the long haul. And you guys are not just partners and friends. You guys are soulmates, and you guys are in a relationship, and you're there wanting to make it work and to have a long, have longevity with that person just like they are with you. And that's usually what it comes down to. And um, we want to say uh, thank you guys again. This show is focused on the growing teen crisis in America and the harsh realities that they are facing. And we just wanted to say once again that it is very important that you reach out to the teens you know, even if they're not your own teens, even if they're a friend's teen or a relative, reach out to them. They need our help, you guys. All the adults here listening to the show, and thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for all the sweet comments. When we see you, we just feel our hearts are warmed. Whenever you say we, we listen to your show and we love it, we thank you for it. We are really here to have a good time with each other first and foremost, and definitely with you guys, the listeners, and to you know share our views and our feelings. By no way are we trying to tell anyone how to raise their kids or anything like that. That is a disclosure. We are just here to offer assistance and advice and open up our lives to you guys and share as much as possible to make this a better world. So we just wanted to tell you guys, and once again, we thank you for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care, our friends. Peace. Respect.